You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. The world can get dark, and sometimes we feel like, what can we do? Today, Alison Scholar of Ready Center can tell you how to jump in and maybe all you have to do is open a bottle of wine and donate a cork. Hey, it's a start. So when the world seems like it's on fire and we need to find the light, today's guest, Alison Scholar, joins me and she's bringing the light. How she and Reddy is changing the world for the better, one cork at a time. We're going to discuss this. Check it out. It's good. It's going to make you feel good. So welcome, Alison, for being on the podcast. Thank you, John, for having me here. Yeah. So um, we got to, before we get up to the subject at hand, uh, give us a little bit of uh, background. Um, I kind of found you circuitously through Tom Burns, but you're connected to the Billion Oyster Project as well, and Peter was on. So this is the light. We, we need, in these dark times, we need to know that people are doing great things for the planet and for people. Uh, so how did you, how, where did you, a little bit of your background. Grew up in New York? I grew up we in New York. New York I, yeah. I grew up in the esteemable uh, suburb of Staten Island. Oh. Um, highly polluted waters out there. Yeah. Uh, and the Ready Center is all about teaching underprivileged youth um, mm. green jobs. Uh, yeah. And we came out of Hurricane Sandy. Uh, Hurricane Sandy decimated. But first, I need to know how you got here. Oh, how I how got, you here. got here. Give okay, us well, I grew up on Staten Island, as Staten I said. Island. I mean, you were a lawyer, you were in real estate. So just a little bit of taste of that background. Because um, as a New Yorker, I'm going to tell you a, a, a cool thing I just read. So um, Senator Bill Bradley, who was an ex-New York Nick, our New York story, bring it back to the roots, won the uh, NBA championship with the Knicks, uh, later becomes a senator. Two of them, sorry. Wow, corrected. <laughs> You're right, two. That was the team. It was Willis Reed and DeBusher and those guys. Um, <laughs> sorry, I forgot about the second one. I'm a Celtics fan. That's why. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but he became a, a U.S. senator, long, long-term Republican. And in 1964, the Civil Rights is being, Act is being voted on, and Barry Goldwater, who's a Republican, is adamantly against it. And Bill Bradley, after witnessing what happens to his black teammates when he's on the road with them and tons of really bad experiences, he was just beside himself and said, done, light switch, off, I'm out, I'm a Democrat. Um, so, what, did you have a moment like that? But let's, I just want to go back to your, like... Yeah, like, kind of. Because um, it's, it's a long and winding road to yeah. get here. Um, I come from a, a long line of attorneys, a lot of real estate attorneys, so I watched a lot of development and... All through my youth and getting older. Um, and when I became a real estate attorney, I represented a bunch of developers who build it as high as you can, squeeze out as much you know space as you can to sell. What but, do you think of the New York skyline right now? When I see like the Jenga building and I'm calling the Brooklyn Bridge and parts of Manhattan are hidden now by these huge like skyscrapers, it kind of bums me out. <laughs> Um, those ones don't bum me out as much as some of the very simple design. Like the Jenga building is least interesting. It's right? interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, the zoning uh, rules, you know, changed over the years. The zoning mm-hmm. laws became uh, rules of building because 
the sun was taken away from the sidewalks is right. basically what happened. So okay. you had to go backwards and tear up. And mm-hmm. that's why you see a lot of buildings looking like that. Right. Um, I think the skyline could be more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some architects uh, just, again, scores as much space as you could yeah. possibly, irregardless of its impact on right. the community. Um, there's some buildings, which I won't name, but there are some buildings that do stand out in the middle of nowhere, like shooting up in the sky for almost no reason other yeah. than and, and- to get as much square footage yeah. out. Explain to me, the one thing, I don't know when this law came in, maybe you know, but um, selling air rights over a building, <laughs> that is like the the kind of the coolest and weirdest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to sell the air rights over my building so they can build a skyscraper. Well, when did that happen? <laughs> well, a very famous ex-president who's running for president now is the first person to do an air right deal. And of it was of the- course, that motherfucker <laughs> could sell air. Of course. And it yeah. was the Pan Am building over the Grand Central, okay. which was Pan Am building, okay. those of you who remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually pretty genius. You know, uh, It was a way of, <sighs> of getting up higher. Yeah. Um, the city could handle that from a functionality, you know, perspective because of the bedrock underneath it uh but it's gotten a little out of hand there's a building down by me uh and we call it the leaning tower of financial district it's leaning into the waters they haven't been able to get uh their cfo it's empty and it's just standing there so here's a question the air rights uh, how do you calculate them, and are they calcul- calculated on the same formula that, like, if it's on Park Avenue, the air rights over on Park Avenue are worth more than the air rights, say, in Bushwick? Oh, you mean value-wise? Yeah, value-wise. Like, um, do you know? I'm just, it's, I'm just, how do you sell air and, uh, I'm, I... Well, I wouldn't say the value is the yeah. same, mm-hmm. um, but the calculations of how you get up are the same. Huh. Um, and it all depends on, again, zone, you know, um, how much bedrock is down there. Can you get up? Uh, like the building that I was telling you about, they didn't bore down, which means go deep enough to right. the bedrocks, and that's why the whole building is leaning over. Wow. Uh, and it's empty. It's like it's a it's a terrible thing. And uh, but you know, air rights are you know, part of New York's lore. I mean, that's yeah. that's why we have that's, a skylight. You so know? the first was Trump the first person to sell air? Mm. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> to I my knowledge, a, I mean, to the best okay. of my knowledge. Okay, I need a drink. Uh, so, uh, just so you know, we are drinking today, we are drinking um, uh, Lagotona uh, tequila. It's a Reposado. It is a uh, female-owned, operated, and the bottles are recycled Coke bottles. And see the tie-in here, folks? <laughs> Genius. But it's um, one of my favorite tequilas. So, cheers. So, let's uh, continue to talk. So, real estate, uh, law. Then, so what was the, did you have a Bill Bradley moment where, like, the world is falling apart? The waters are disgusting. It's too many kids who don't know what to do with their life. I got to jump in and do something because ultimately for this podcast, I want people to be able to volunteer and help and pitch in and do when we talk about the long arc of what you're really doing with Ready. So I, I was approached by the CEO of Ready, Gita Nandan, and she asked me to help her. You know, it started, the Ready Center came out of Hurricane Sandy because mm-hmm. uh, Red Hook was decimated by the hurricane and right. the injustices around all that compared to some of the areas that didn't get hurt, like the Upper East Side or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is because of the coastal landscape of the area. Right. Uh, they've been doing, they were working on it a long time, and um, I think I came on board around 2019, and 
I was I've always been interested in new areas in New York to to live. Like I lived in Williamsburg in 1992 before the Toll Brothers came and built Williamsburg. Right. Um, so Red Hook was always interesting. The Gowanus Canal was interesting to me. But you know, in my memory from from being a New Yorker, like the Gowanus Canal was. In oh my God! It's where you dump a body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure there were lots of bodies yeah. in there. So, but so let me ask you: Is it the um, interest in ex- like real estate is what brought you there, or did you have this kind of aha environmental moment too where you're like oh god I should do something and then they came to you because you're obviously brilliant well always well thank you (laughs) always uh, the environmental and sustainable and carbon neutral thing Hmm. uh, I've been interested for a very long time Um, I'm a science geek so I've always thought about that and Bloomberg was actually one of the first people to kind of want to make the city greener um, Mm -hmm. that I recall like he he had leads Buildings come in here, and if I remember correctly, he uh, made some buildings put on uh, green rooftops. Yeah. Uh, the Barclay Center is one, for example, and that was—I mean, the they put they put up there. It was too much sun, so it literally burnt the green. The turtle building, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, green buildings are a very efficient way of making. Uh, the buildings more carbon neutral right. and less output, right. and and cheap. And nicer, and they look they look great. They're cool. They're very yeah. modern. Yeah, they use gray water. They're recycling everything. It's, exactly. it's, it's everyone wants to, and they're expensive. It's, but but I yeah, over the last twenty years, been a ton of them built in New York City. Amen. Um, so then, so they approach you, and you're interested because oh, this sounds cool. Yeah, and I, it was during COVID time, and you know, real estate was dying, and I had just kind of left my practice. I you know wasn't sure what to do, and it was you know. For me, giving back has always been a thing. I've always been part of nonprofits, more in the arts, but now I feel that I'm actually giving to, I could see results. Like I could see young people getting green jobs mm-hmm. and how great they feel about this. And this is the economy of the future rather than have body shop for cars they're never going to make anymore because they're all going to be EV cars, you know? Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. it, you know, it was, you see the light in the kids' eyes also, you know, when they, they see what, oysters do and kelp does and and it's pretty cool experience so what what do the corks do um we're we're donating corks to edwards we have our big cork jar and i'll i'll try to get them to as many companies and and restaurants that i know uh what do they (laughs) use the corks for that we're recycling so we are building these we call them like lily pads Mm -hmm. we're with recycled materials Mm -hmm. um the corks are the flotation devices of these lily pads and on top we grow uh, uh seagrass and below we have uh oysters and mussels that we're testing to clean the water, oh, okay. and then we string them along. Because if you come out to the Ready Center, I hope you all come out. Okay. Uh, we have four acres of water that we can plant our kelp on, right. and the kelp season is cold season; starts in December. Uh, and kelp grows from the top down, not from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. So you need to string these things along and grow the kelp in between each of them. So we're looking to collect about twenty thousand corks a week. Because some of them sometimes get soggy and there's too much water, and we have a whole team of volunteers that clean them out. And Does it matter what kind of cork? Does it have to be a cork cork s- or it can be synthetic? We separate them and we recycle both. We use okay. both in different ways. Oh, and and so, uh, so the cork thing is just one part of it. So there's uh, so as far as so tell us so far how long has the cork thing been running? Because I know Billion Oysters has been a while. Uh, is the cork thing pretty new? 
It is pretty new. I would say in the last two years, okay. three years, maybe two years that we've been, we finally, we got one of those machines that help us put these things in the water because they're very heavy and pull it yeah. out. Somebody, uh, one, an architect firm donated that to us. So that's been very instrumental in us being able to get. And what we'd like, you know, what I'd like to see is like individuals in their homes to have these little lily pads with their corks so that they could grow, uh, you know, whatever they want, really oh. kelp. But like out all out in Long Island, they're they're donating kelp seeds and oyster seeds to help clean out the waters in the Peconic Bay. And so, what in two years? Um, where where are you? Have you seen any kind of like? When I was talking to Peter, he's like, you know, we've seen birds come back, birds of prey that have been you haven't seen in a decade and things like that. How about the cork thing? Have you seen stuff already happening uh, after two years? Oh yeah, there are tons right. of wildlife coming uh, near us and. We're testing the waters. We're affiliated with OSHA, which is the Ocean. I forget exactly what it stands for, but uh, they are testing the water with us. So we're, the water's definitely getting cleaner out there, believe it or not. So uh, at this point, like, g- give us. So it's just not the cork; it's the oysters. It's, but talk about the social programs and how that has lifted, uh, particularly kids from the inner city. Not everybody's going to get a tech job moving forward, right. <laughs> or be lawyers. Um, uh, maybe, but uh, so where, like, where does that, like, how does the, how does the community, uh, how's it affecting the community, and are these models that are going to be replicated along like other coastal cities? Is that the big goal? Like, you'll be in Florida, and you'll 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 be on the different coasts and and big cities that are obviously going to feel the threat of uh, impending, you know, sea rising and all that kind of things. Um, to answer that last question first, yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. I think um, I would love that. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be sort of my goal. But for right now, you know, fundraising is the economy is in a different place than it was. So we're, you know, working with the real estate developers. We're working with uh, the government. Uh, we were just awarded the biggest grant from Con Edison with respect to solar. So there's different energy sources that we're, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're doing. Uh, we have created the curriculum for the middle har- the Harbor Middle School, mm-hmm. uh, which is out in Red Hook, and that's pretty much a feeder school to the Harbor High School, which is on Governors Island. And these are kids that are very involved in uh, marine biology, um, solar, uh, anything in the sustainable world. So, um, lots of education. We have schools come out and do you know volunteer days. We have corporate companies coming out doing volunteer days. Uh, just getting a lot of people involved in what's going on out there in a place like Red Hook, which is all over New York. There, you, I, you don't have to go very far to Florida. You can just go up to the Bronx. I'd love to put a ready center in the Bronx, but. Um, right now, we have this big barge out there that has been donated, and it's a innovative school, and you have to come out, get your hands I'm going <laughs> to come out, I'm, I'm for sure. I'm, I go down to Red Hook. I was there on Sunday night at a restaurant, but <laughs> Popina, <laughs> shout out to Popina. Um, so, is, so the idea is also to help uh, inner city kids um, find uh, a different road to success or road for a job a career yeah um i mean certainly if we could get you know a, a large faction of kids n- not just trying to go to school to you know to do whatever to but to invest in our uh environment and uh health would be a great avenue and that's what this obviously offers them i feel i mean the younger generation more than my generation mm-hmm. they're just much more present with the issues of 
the climate change. I mean, they experienced things that we've never experienced when we were kids, like the fires in Canada. I mean, New York City looked like Mars. I I don't ever recall that. But um, Remember, they had said the air quality in New York was worse than it was like in Mexico City or, I mean, it was just horrible. It was horrible. horrible. Yeah. yeah, it was gray. It was coming down from Canada. Yeah, it was bad. Canadians. Um, but in terms of the waterways, I think they're ignored a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I think New Yorkers forget that we're an island. Yeah, <laughs> and, surrounded by. Um, the original uh, industry in New York, food industry, was based on oysters. And it was the biggest oyster producer in the world, New York. In fact, yeah. off Staten Island, Sands Point was, like, one of the biggest oysters that they used to send all the way to England back in the 1800s. Yeah. And then... And then the river started boiling up with pollution. So, but there's a lot of things coming back. Um, and some is, you know, helpful. COVID was a big help. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have all the ships. And the oysters from the Brilliant Oyster Project is definitely helping. And uh, we're teaching kids why it's helping. So that's sort of more the difference between us and the Brilliant Oyster Project. So it must be great to see, like you said, these kids' eyes light up. Light when, up. When you're showing them this sort of like cool stuff and bringing them out on the water, yeah. Um, I mean, the idea of like kelp farms off the uh, off, out in Red Hook is. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to come out and see that. <laughs> um, and so like other so there's uh, solar panels there. So give us the gamut of what if you were in this school, what you would see as a, uh, or how you would recruit kids to come. Well, the kids sign up for this, so mm-hmm. we'll start. They're, they're, all, right. they're all pretty interested in. Um, more of a dynamic future because mm-hmm. college uh, is not available to everybody. Uh, True. And a lot of schools are uh, affiliated with us. Some of them are the local schools like LaGuardia College or um, that's up in the Bronx. We do a lot of things with them. And, you know, trying to spread out uh, the executive directors at NYU. So we're we're spreading out to, to schools to get even the college level people, you know, but this is more of like an after school program or built in program into uh, the but, Harvard Middle School. Right. But it has like global aspirations, right? I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you, 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 you trek around Peru by yourself. I do. <laughs> Just came back. <laughs> uh, what were you doing there? Just. Um, I was climbing a mountain. I was actually higher than base camp at Everest, and the air was very clean up there. <laughs> when you say higher, you mean it's altitude or altitude. smoking? Okay. <laughs> Don't do any of the smoking no. stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, and then did some surfing. Uh, I go, I go in a couple of treks a year. Uh, I like to explore the world. I also like to spread the word of ready around too. Mm. You know, we're talking. To a lot of people down there, um, you know, they have a big coastline uh, and on the Pacific Ocean, which also suffers from lots of, you know, climate change damages yeah. that's going on. Uh, who knew that they had tsunamis in Peru? But they, it's yeah. a common event down there, yeah. and the world's changing. Yeah, we get so stuck in our own little bubbles here. Where we, you know, the but and and just a tsunami wherever, and just like, oh, that's too bad, but. Um, everything is closer than you think. Um, well, Sandy was a tsunami in all intents and purposes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah. And, uh, we've talked about this. Anyone who lives or walks down a Red Hook, there's no seawall. It's not going to take much to create another, like, Sandy, unfortunately. So Unless what, they do something. Yeah, right. with the lily pads, kind of, the the hope and the goal is to make a softer coastline. Because right. if you do walk around Red Hook, it's just cement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's taken away the, the thing that's going to soften 
from coastal events. Right. And so the lily pads kind of are hoping, we're hoping to, that that will help. So if we can have them lined up on the acres of the water, it'll be something that will soak up some of the water um, if there's an event like a hurricane or something. That's, that's the goal. So is Ready just now New York? Because uh, I know. Just now in New York. Because, because uh, Billion Oyster is, is spread outside of New York, correct? I, think I don't they, know. I, I think not, they are. They may be. Yeah, I, I'm um, not 100 percent sure. But it would it would seem certainly uh, this is the kind of program you would go pitch to other coastal cities that are having these issues. These issues. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's why. How many people are on your board for Ready? We have nine board members. Nine. And and what's the so what is the biggest hindrance to growth and and becoming successful or achieving the goals that you you want to, to get to? Oof, good question. Obviously, money. Money is definitely. Right. Um, uh, and grants, I th- you know, the thing, uh, you know, the Biden administration gave out that IRA where they're giving a lot of money and a lot of people going after that. So we don't have a grant writer. We're looking for a grant writer. Um, and, you know, it's hard to say, you know, and in and, and nonprofits, sometimes it's just politics. You know, like somebody wants something, somebody wants something else. You need some celebrities attached to this. Uh, that would Do you be know great. How, many live, how many celebrities live in Brooklyn? I run into, I've seen Ethan Hawke, I've seen Matt Damon, I've seen Paul Giamatti. Somebody on your board must know somebody. Paul Giamatti would be great, right? Sideways. <laughs> yeah, that, sideways, we got the corks, we got the wine. <laughs> so if you know him. <laughs> but but has, has anyone reached out to those? I mean, it seems like it would be a. A cause, and I believe those guys live. I know, I think Ethan Hawke lives over in Cobble Hill. So let's get the podcast to him. Let's get the podcast to him. And yeah. uh, you have him listen. Uh, Giamatti, I think, lives in the Heights. But I think a celebrity seriously attached to it would, you know, I agree. Obviously, the biggest thing for this or any kind of uh, somebody's trying to do something great environmentally, more people, high profile people attached to it. Um, also, I think name notoriety is a big issue right now. Everybody knows Billion Oyster. Like, yeah. You keep mentioning Billion right. Oyster. We, nobody knows us yet. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm hoping this will help. Uh, mm-hmm. The award will help. I'm sure we're going to get some press. And, you know, we're going to start doing these monthly, like, events just to get people to come and hear about what we're doing mm-hmm. and and um, and hopefully get people, you know, to know us just as much as they know the Billion Oyster. Well, Billion Oyster is coming on a decade, I believe, right? I mean, so well, we're took, pretty close to. It took a while. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I know that Peter used to go restaurant to restaurant collecting on his bike oyster shells. Um, do you have a mobile unit to go collect corks? You're looking at you're looking at the mobile unit. <laughs> I'm the one in Manhattan. <laughs> I have some help. I have some interns. We get some great interns from some high schools. That That's super cool. Me. You need somebody to the van and end of night go to restaurants that seat like 300. There's like if so if you do if you if you could seat 300 pretty much every table most of them have wine. I bet you're getting 500 to a thousand corks a night one big restaurant. All right, I'm going to help you do this. Okay. All right. You and I will go out. We'll we'll collect. Okay. Put on our ready T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what we are, what we will do is we will make we will get corks one at a time. We'll go out and visit some restaurants and talk to some restaurateurs. Yeah. Um, this seems like it'd be right up Danny Meyer's alley, uh, for the Union uh, Square Hospitality Group and those much much larger yeah. groups. Um, yeah, I would love to get. I mean, it's easier for us to get from you know bigger restaurant 
than the small ones because it's just we don't have a lot of people. So, right. You know, and looking so at so that's it. your big deficit, and just cash, and then you need labor. We need volunteers. Yeah, volunteers. Yeah, so, we, need volunteer. um, we need core collective volunteers. Okay. All right. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna figure this out. <laughs> Um, and you have a big uh, lunch press event happening on Thursday. Yes, we do. Which would be the 28th. Is that right? 27th, 29th. 29th of Today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. 29th, yeah. 29th. Um, and what, what is the event for? Is it for uh, That's um, the announcement of the Con Edison grant that we oh, got for the solar. So uh, that should get a lot of press. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like you said, I think the more press you get, the more uh, it's on, on, on people's minds that they will be kind of come to hope Hopefully, uh, join in and, and uh, you know help you raise these corks. Um, what and money. <laughs> corks and money. Corks and money. That's a, that's buy a bottle of wine. Buy donate some, some money. Some wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, buy wine from you. Yes. <laughs> buy buy some tea, Edward wines. We'll bring. We're going to bring all the corks into the office, um, for sure. Um, okay, so we are uh, at the part of the show. Uh, at the end of this, we're going to give everybody your information. Okay. Um, so where to go, how to volunteer, et cetera. But, um, you know, God said, congratulations. Two storms hit different coasts and there was no real damage because of corks and oysters. Yes. You did a great job. <laughs> so my, you, that's my <laughs> gift to you. Uh, you're you're going to know your last uh, night on the planet. So what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? And what piece of music are you listening to? So I'm going to uh, have a big bowl of pasta bouillonnaise. Okay. Lots of Parmesan cheese. Okay. Finally, I, I can that. have that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then I'm going to have a bottle of Lafitte Wartild. Very Maybe nice. 1948-ish, something Ooh, like that. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then music. We have to put Maestro Mozart's areas. Um, almost all of them I love. So. Okay. We'll, we'll pick something nice. You'll pick something for yeah. me. <laughs> um, so I do want people to know your website, your Instagram. How do they follow you? How do they... Uh, get to you. How can they help? Um, so yeah, you can find us at Ready Center, which is R E T I Center um, dot org, which is the right. website. Okay. The Instagram is also Ready Center. Mm-hmm. And it's R E T I, I think underscore Center. Okay. Um, and that we post the volunteer days. You know, we have lots of volunteer days starting in the spring and the f- and summer and fall. We have. Uh, we used to have. I think it's Sail Freight Fridays. Last year was Sail Freight Saturdays where we have the Apollonia, which is a sailboat that comes down from Kingston and put, oh, wow. picks up all goods that are sustainably grown and sustainably delivered to New York City. Um, and they're delivered to us at, at the Ready Center. And we have music. So you can all come down to that. And, um, you know, there are all sorts of – we have a um, – I think it's a billion – no, it's a uh, – Million muscle party, oh, forget wow. coming up in May. So there's a lot of things coming okay. up. So, so um, Brooklyn just got cooler. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn I, is cool. It is cool. It is cool. Red Hook uh, got cooler. <laughs> Red Hook got a lot cooler. And people should go down just to check out the facility. Like you said, I haven't been, but I I've explored that area quite a bit. I think it's amazing. It's just like incredible. Yeah. Um, I want to thank Allison Scholar for being on uh, Drinking on the Job podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, John, for having me. Let's go drink some tequila. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.